Well, hey, everybody. I uh, believe that I'm live. Hopefully this is uh, presently live and you guys are all seeing it. Um, I do not like the new way that Facebook does these lives. And so it says live now. So hopefully you guys can all see this and can see what's going on and that people actually jump in and I'm not just talking to myself. So uh, again, I hate the way that this is set up right now, but uh, we'll deal with it uh, as we have to. So, okay. It looks like people are actually starting to jump in. So that's a good thing. It's been a while since I've gone live. So maybe Facebook decided not to put me in people's feed the way they used to. Um, as you can tell, um, I'm actually in the office. Uh, I have, uh, I, I kind of gave a list of the order of which I was going to do things and a uh, quick update on the whole health situation. Uh, I felt like that was a good place to start because I like to keep you guys informed. Um, and, in this kind of big announcement on some of this stuff. Uh, but, uh, for those of you who don't know, I had another heart issue that, uh, put me in the hospital and forced me to undergo another second heart catheterization since February. Um, essentially what they found was that where they placed the stent in February after I had the 99% blockage in the uh, left interior descending artery, uh, that the stent was good. The placement was good. The stent was doing what it was supposed to do. Uh, but unfortunately, past the stent and right up against the heart, uh, that artery is, is collapsing sometimes when on beats of the heart and it's causing some pain and some other issues. Uh, unfortunately, because of where it sits up next to the heart, they can't stent it because the heart essentially pumping would crush it and kill me. So uh, they're going to treat it with medication. And uh, the other prescription for all of that was... Uh, that I need to avoid the things that stress me out the most in life. And you would think that it was, you'd be like fighting the legislature and stuff like that. Uh, actually, the thing in my life that stresses me out the most are court appearances and, and trials and motion arguments. Uh, and I, you know, those are the things that I spend the most time on and the things that stress me out far more than anything else. Uh, by the grace of God, last September, I partnered with Christina Vaughn. Um, she has come in and done an amazing job sort of taking over the operational things of everything related to all the cannabis files and, and the behind the scenes stuff that happens. Uh, we're building a, a strong team behind us and all of this stuff. And as I bring this up to her, her words to me were essentially, well, oh, Ron, we need you a lot more dealing with the legislature and dealing with all that stuff than we do in any of this litigation stuff. And she's like, I hate to say it this way, but you're a lot easier to replace in that stuff than you are in this other. So uh, we're working to transition me out of all of the major litigation fights and the stress there and, and um, working on this stuff. Again, I, I, I really enjoy this. I don't consider it stressful. Uh, yeah, maybe occasionally, but, you know, when does life not have some stress? So we're getting rid of the things where the black robes uh, have deadlines uh, and judges, you know, mandate appearances. Uh, because also I, uh, I've got to make sure I try to stay away from, you know, too much stress and any viruses that may or may not exist and kill me. So anyway, that's the health update. That's where we're at. We're working towards that. So wanted to let everybody know that. Um, moving on to the next thing. Today, uh, we uh, filed a lawsuit. Um, it's filed against the Oklahoma State Department of Health and the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. Uh, as a way of kind of talking about this, I'm really going to talk about two and three kind of together. As all of you know, or maybe you don't, when House Bill 3228 was vetoed by the governor and the uh, the Senate refused to recall it and treat them, uh, acted in the manner in which they did, uh, we had uh, a lot of stuff behind the scenes going on. We had, as I've mentioned, Senator Thompson, uh, who's the chair of the Finance Committee in the Senate, which is a very important, powerful role. 
uh, kind of stepped in to work with uh, representatives Eccles and Fettgetter uh, to try to help us figure out a solution. Uh, they met several weeks ago with representatives of the governor's office um, and I think the OMMA uh, and a bunch of other people were there. And to, to talk about the issues created by the veto of 3228. And as we talked about, the real reason that it seemed that uh, it was vetoed was the governor had a big issue with the delivery. And so, and that being said, we had to figure out, well, how are we going to solve these other problems that are created by the veto of the entire bill? Uh, because we've got businesses that are going to have to board up. We've got patient information potentially exposed, et cetera. And so we had to figure out a solution. So unfortunately, the solution would have been easy if Treat would have called back the Senate to vote and override the veto. That didn't happen. So when I never counted on that happening, so we were always working on backup plans of what was going to happen. So um, a lot of things have happened in that regard that I, I got to say I'm proud of a lot of Oklahoma politicians for the work and efforts that they've done uh, to try to help uh, protect this new industry in the state of Oklahoma and, and protect patients' access to medicine. Uh, so what we are doing, the first step, or one of the one of the steps, I don't know if there's like first, second, third, one of the steps was the filing of this lawsuit. Um, as you all know, in Oklahoma, when 788 passed and what the voters approved uh, was that any Oklahoma resident uh, could open a medical marijuana business provided they met the other requirements. Uh, the legislature added a two-year requirement after a year, and all these people came to Oklahoma, moved their families here. They added a two-year requirement, which is essentially meaning that those People who've moved here, have opened businesses, have invested their time, energy, effort, money, you know, family lives into these businesses were subject to not having their licenses renewed. And we had a, a long history of that happening recently because OMA was left with no choice. So when I say these things about what OMA is doing or whatever, understand that the law dictates what they can do or can't do. So when I'm attacking something, I'm attacking the ramifications of the law, not that OMA is doing it. They have to. They have to follow state law. Um so we, so the two-year residency was a huge issue. Uh, the secondary issue was the change in the definition of both entrance to schools and the inclusion of preschools and the thousand-foot rules as it related to dispensaries. Essentially, what we had happen there uh, is dispensaries were previously completely compliant. They were in the right. They were issued licenses appropriately. The legislature changes the law in 2612, etc. Um, and for whatever reason, it's missed last year. And again, I wasn't paying attention and I blame myself for not paying attention, which is why I won't ever make that mistake again. Uh, they didn't grandfather in existing businesses. We did that in 3228, but again, it got vetoed. So um, in order to facilitate a resolution to those issues, I filed a lawsuit today uh, challenging uh, the validity of both the two-year residency requirement and the thousand foot rule as it's applied to existing entities, okay? Existing entities only. Uh, on the two-year residency requirement, I quoted a Tennessee Supreme, uh, I quoted a United States Supreme Court case that struck down a, a two-year residency requirement for people getting a liquor license in the state of uh, Tennessee. Uh, that was a 2019 U.S. Supreme Court case. Uh, it's very good law, very clearly on point, very applicable to this situation. So I feel very confident in that. Um, and also on the, I want to make clear that I'm, we are in no way attacking the 75% Oklahoma residency requirement for ownership. Um, I, I'm a strong supporter of that position. Um, and if somebody wants to litigate and try to fight that issue, they're going to do that on their own. I, I'm going to fight to protect that. So this lawsuit is only about the people who moved here, became residents, got licensed, and are now subject to losing their license through no fault of their own. Uh, on the 1,000-foot rule, uh, the lawsuit is essentially arguing that 
the change in the rule and the addition of preschools uh, without compensation to those people who spent their money and, and efforts to enter into these licenses. Uh, one, we're arguing that it's a taking without just compensation and due process. So we've got that argument. There's some additional arguments that we're going to make uh, if we need to get to there as it relates to uh, a motion for an emergency or temporary injunction uh, related to some other ancillary issues, uh, equal protection uh, being one, interference with prior existing contracts, which is both covered by the U.S. and state constitutions. Uh, again, there's other issues we're going to argue if we need to get to there. The plan is, uh, and this is thanks to Representative Eccles, the plan is uh, Representative Eccles, and through all the efforts, reached out to Attorney General Mike Hunter and discussed these issues. Um, after the filing today, the plan is to sit down and meet with um, Attorney General Mike Hunter uh, to discuss a way to resolve the issues in this litigation uh, in an amicable way that preserves the existing businesses in the state of Oklahoma. I think Governor Stitt, I think Mike, uh, Attorney General Mike Hunter, obviously, because he's, you know, he's the one who proposed the meeting and wants it. Representative Eccles, all of us want to come to a resolution on this. I, I commend them for that. Uh, I think that's a huge step and show from them that, that they, that they're not coming out and just trying to destroy this industry. So, uh, I do want to give them props for that, especially Attorney General Mike Hunter, um, who I've, I've, uh, you know, I've said in the past, I've, when I've agreed with them, I've said in the past, I've agreed with them. And when I've had an issue, I've said I didn't agree with them and come out attacking. Um, I'm always going to give credit where credit is due, and I, I really appreciate the effort there from them. So that's what's going on with um, with that. Now, a lot of the other stuff that was in 3228 um, is my belief, along with the belief of many, many others, that those things can be facilitated not necessarily through required legislation, but through the rulemaking process uh, through the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority and the Oklahoma Department of Health. So we're going to be working with uh, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, the Department of Health, the Governor's Office, Representative Eccles, Representative Fettgetter, and everybody else um, to work on a new proposed set of regulations for OMA that address a lot of the issues. I mean, whether it's the testing issues, I mean, the, the list of 3228 changes are, are, that, are, that were uh, really beneficial to the whole program and of no concern to anybody, you know, certainly not the governor or even on the Senate side. I think we can get all that stuff in regulations and uh, we're going to be working with them towards implementing those regulations. So essentially to make up for House Bill 3228 being vetoed, we filed this lawsuit and we're working with OMA to come up with new regulations. Uh, and we'll be working with them to come up with new regulations uh, to implement a lot of the changes in 3228 uh, and working with the governor's office to ensure that the governor signs off on those new regulations and we don't run into a problem there. So um, all of those things are in the work. They've all been in the work. Um, yeah, I've been really quiet and honest to God, I've not felt good for most of the time. I'm really only, I've only been back a couple of days in the office. Um, and really that was, it's been sparse. Um, I feel a lot better working from home. Um, and I get tired very, very easily. So, uh, we're trying to transition back into this, but we've, we've been going and doing these things and I've been working. I just haven't felt up. Uh, especially late at night to Facebook lives because my energy is just zapped um, by the end of the day. So forgive me for not as many lives and, and my wonderful, charming face on uh, on camera. Uh, but uh, I'm ugly anyway, so uh, it probably does a lot of good for you not to see me. Anyway, <coughs> um, oh, by the way, if you saw the new picture, that was because we had to do a, we decided to do a website because people are literally stealing my name on Google and, and advertising under my name. And it's, 
and, and some of these law firms are just utterly absurd and doing the wrong thing for their clients. And so I was like, we, we were going to create a website. So we had to get some pictures made. Plus the one that they always use with the terrible curtains behind me. It just, I hate that picture and it doesn't look like me anymore. I've gotten fatter and, and uglier. So I wanted to accurately represent uh, my ugly mug. So, uh, okay. Moving on to the next thing I met a couple of weeks ago. Now, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, um, with representative fat getter, uh, uh, many people, many people from the, uh, Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs, um, uh, several other business owners, uh, a grower in Wagner County, a dispensary named Kind Love, who I like a lot. I don't represent them and I still always ask them what, you know, what's going on there, but I like them a lot. Uh, they're good friends with Representative Fat Getter and, uh, another grower, uh, and forgive me, I've forgotten his name, uh, but it was a very productive meeting. Uh, and really what came out of the meeting is very simple. The same lesson that I learned from the meeting with the director of the Oklahoma Municipal League last, uh, uh, earlier this year, uh, maybe it was late last, uh, is the same lesson I learned in this meeting with Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. There is a definite deficiency in education, uh, related to the things to look for as it relates to diversion of the product, both out of state from Oklahoma and into the state. Um, on how that's being done, how it's being accomplished, how it's harming other businesses, how they're diluting, you know, distillate. And I, in fact, I got somebody sending me test results uh, this, over the weekend showing that this distillate reported to be 98% pure THC. They had tested and it's testing it in, in the 40s. Well, obviously there's issues there. So all of those things are part of an education process that we need to have happen. What I offered is to help facilitate for OBNDD uh, educational classes with processors, with growers, with dispensary owners that know the ins and outs of the system and that can properly and much better than I can articulate the ways in which all of these things are happening. So um, OBNDD was extremely receptive to this. Honestly, their biggest issue was concern that if they go after somebody that the public's going to turn against them and, and think that they're just trying to go against the medical marijuana program. And I explained to them why we have that feeling and how their website had all that stuff on it about how bad marijuana was and how it took them forever to change it. And, you know, I let them know that, yeah, if they start going after trivial things and try start trying to penalize people for technical violations, that I'll have a huge issue with it. Um, and I'd rip their asses a new one. But if they're going after people who don't have licenses, who are, you know, scamming the public, who are bringing in product from out of state and hurting Oklahoma businesses and patients, uh, they're not going to get any complaints from me. And if I have to stand up and say, I support what they're doing, I'm happy to do so. As you all know, I've said it a million times anyway. So that was honestly their chief concern. So um, they, they watch these things. and Apparently they watch Facebook lives. So if you guys think that they should be going after the illegal bad actors in the state, let it be known in the comments, please. Because they'll see them. I promise you they read them. I mean, they were worried about the case where they got the guy at the, at the auto repair shop that didn't have a grow license for growing. And I'm like, look, they didn't have a license. It's not hard to get one in Oklahoma. If people are doing things illegally, you know, tag them. Don't tag them for a technical violation. That's ridiculous. But if they're doing something like bringing in product from California, from Oregon, from Colorado, from wherever, you know, if they're if they're diluting distillate, if they're faking test results, if they're, you know, salting their test results, if they're doing all these other things, let's go after them. This is a medical program, and we need to treat it as such. So, um it was a productive meeting, but it's got to require follow-up and participation from growers, processors, and dispensaries to educate them. Because I've learned a lot in a year and a half, but I don't know nearly as much um, as I should. Shout out to Teresa for sending this thing, uh, and she worked with Chili Mac and some others. 
Mr. Max on, on coming up with this sort of a list and stuff that, you know, they should know about growers. Uh, that was a, <laughs> it was a, an amazing document that, honest to God, it was kind of hard for me. I had to read it several times to understand what they were saying, but it made sense once I did. And once I talked to Teresa, um, and I passed it on to OBNDD, passed on a lot of other stuff that people had sent me uh, to OBNDD, so they now have that stuff. And I told them I would continue to share that information with them. And uh, uh, I made clear that if any of my clients were doing things illegally and acting in an inappropriate manner, that um, uh, that I would certainly deal with my clients. I can't, you know, discuss those things, but I would certainly deal with those clients and drop them as clients. So um, it, it's a it's a work in progress. We need to stretch that to the Oklahoma Municipal League and help educate these cities um, to get them to stop fighting against things uh, because of ignorance. I think we can accomplish that, but we need to help facilitate both of those things as we move forward. So um, that's what's going on with that. Final thing I'm going to leave you about, as I said, from the very beginning, not from the very beginning, honestly, not, let me correct that. As I've said a lot recently, um, uh, my whole perspective on things has changed a lot. I know there's the February 3rd heart attack and the second one, you know, issues and stuff. I don't know. Uh, but clearly we need to work with others. So in that regard, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, well, how are we, what are we going to do? We're in an election cycle. We need to be working towards candidates. And so, one of the things I wanted to do is first have the industry show their appreciation to representatives Eccles and Fettgetter for all their hard work. I think putting our money where our mouth is will send a message to others uh, that this industry can raise some money. Uh, and, and I hate to say it, but money is speech in this regard. And, and for those two candidates, is an amazing opportunity. Um, it's my understanding that Speaker McCall, which is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, will be appearing at both of those to, to answer questions and, and talk to people. Uh, but the February, uh, so there's going to be two uh, fundraisers. One's going to be July 20th in Tulsa. Uh, one's going to be July 23rd in Oklahoma City. Working out the location stuff um, presently. But in terms of working with people, I want to I want to mention this because I think it's important. Working with me on this after you know I come up with the idea, I talked to representatives Eccles and Fat Getter, and they talked to McCall, and um, we're going to have a couple of surprise senators that I'll be announcing right after the primaries, which are June 30th. We're going to have some surprise senators uh, that are going to be there that we're going to raise some money for as well um, that have really stepped up. Uh, also, a candidate that's, you know, on an open seat. Uh, she's going to be here in Tulsa. We're going to be raising some money for her. I've known her for years. Christina has known her for years. Christina had a fantastic conversation with her. We won't get into details too much because it's a surprise, but very pro-medical marijuana and making sure that we preserve uh, what it is. Uh, and I think she's... She got elected the last time she ran for something by like 70% of the vote. So I think she's got a pretty good shot. Um, and uh, so anyway, also wanted to point out that in working this out, I, I reached out to Bud Scott um, and, and offered, uh, you know, for his him and his association to be involved, of which he uh, graciously accepted and, and uh, offered to have it at their offices in Oklahoma City. I also reached out to Blake Johnson. Um, and, uh, you know, ask them to be involved, uh, and for which they agreed. And I've actually got to return a phone call to him, um, so we can discuss it in more detail. Uh, Chip Paul, uh, and okay for you, which obviously I'm a part of is going to be involved in it. Uh, and a lot of other people are going to be involved, um, in the process. Uh, but I wanted to point out that I've talked about how we need to be inclusive. I'm trying to live by my own words. And yes, I've had issues with pretty much everybody I've mentioned in the past. Uh, but I'm working very, very hard to, overcome differences, you know, extend the olive branch, et cetera. 
Um, you know, as you all know, when my represent, you know, when, when my relationship with Representative Fetgetter started, it was over Senate Bill 882. And as Scott likes to tell it, I gave him utter complete hell, uh, over it. I don't apologize for giving him utter complete hell. I wish now I would maybe approach it a little differently. I didn't really bother to try to reach out to him first. On the people I've gone after in the Senate, we tried to reach out. We've done everything we can do to reach out. You know, everybody's reached out. When we just get stonewalled, you know, what are they leaving us with? So I don't have a, you know, I don't ever feel bad for going after somebody in those regards because it's necessary. But at the same time, it needs to be clear that we're always willing to re-extend the olive branch and build a bridge where it's previously been uh, non-existent uh, if people will you know, come to their senses and work with us. We're very, I'm a very reasonable person when it actually comes down to things. I know that might not, uh, that might come as a surprise to a lot of people, but it is. So, uh, that's what we're working towards. I invite all those senators who've had issues or we've had issues with in the past to reconsider their positions and come to us. Uh, we really want this to be an inclusive group. That's why I've made the effort to reach out, um, to competitors. I mean, Blake Johnson has a law firm in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, and so he's a, not only is he a competitor, but also, you know, we've had our other issues. So, uh, that said, it's time to build bridges for those who want to build bridges. And, um, that's what, that's what we're going to do with this fundraiser. But, um, businesses, you're going to need to show up, uh, on this, or I'm going to tell you all that work we did for 3228. Um, we're going to do some videos and some people are going to come on and, and we're going to do some stuff with some people that were kind of behind the scenes dealing with 3228. And they're going to talk about what you all accomplished by your campaign to get attention and to get uh, to reach out to all your senators and the governor, et cetera. You accomplished more than I think anybody knows. And they're going to talk about that and what was going on behind the scenes. We're going to wait a little bit to do that. Um, but what we pulled off there was a miracle in even getting as far as we did with 3228 passing the first time. Uh, getting it even that close to an override was a miracle. Getting enough senators to agree to an override that we could publicly announce we had the votes to put the pressure on them to try to get a Senate override. Uh, all of those things were amazing accomplishments. And we're going to talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff. But now, and as we move forward, we've got to put that secondary thing with it, which, I, I, again, is money. And, and it's just what it is. It's what we got to do. The oil and gas industry, the liquor industry that got delivery this year, you know, all these other, the pawn shop industry, um, you know, the construction companies, the banks, all of them have paid lobbyists that do all this stuff and contribute to campaigns. The tribes spend a lot of money contributing to campaigns, throwing fundraisers, et cetera. We've got to be a grown-up industry, and that is, time is now. So be prepared to write some checks if you're a business owner for July 20th and 23rd. Uh, those will be in-person events. Uh, with obviously as many precautions as humanly possible. And hopefully we're back on a decline and doing well then. Obviously, you know, we'll reevaluate the situation, but it's another month out um, from now so we can see how the trend is going with COVID and, uh, and not uh, be a super spreader event, um, as that term was used in the media last weekend, um, if we need to be. So we can, we can pivot and adjust as we need to, but we're going to schedule those for in-person for now for those that want to come. Uh, and obviously we'll do a live stream as well for those who can't come. We can facilitate donations ahead of time. So if you're interested, please reach out to me. Uh, we can get you the information on how to do that. There's some information we need from you for campaign reporting requirements, um, et cetera. So be getting ready to write those checks. Um, also, I didn't have this on my numbered list. There is a huge event, and I'm going to do a separate post about this, but there's a huge event called Green Grow Expo. Uh, next weekend, next, it's next Saturday and Sunday in Oklahoma City. 
Uh, Jay, who's the guy behind it, is a wonderful supporter of everything that we're doing. Uh, that event, I've always found it to be awesome. I spoke at it last year, both days. Uh, they asked me to speak at it again this year, um, which I'm going to do. The general admission for people is free to get into. I think they do charge something for some of the classes. I'm going to talk to them about maybe doing the one I do um, for free. If not, you guys know I'll do it for free anyway, right after the fact. So, um, but, uh, we're going to talk to them about that. I've got representative fat getter that's coming to talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on as well. He's got a lot more perspective on some of those than I do. So he's graciously agreed to come and speak, um, at the event as well. So do what you can to make sure you're going to be there. They have a, a event Friday night, but then it's Saturday and Sunday. Uh, okay for you is going to have a booth. Come learn about what's going on with that. Um, I've, I've working to get the final charitable bylaws drafted on that. Uh, as I always do, as soon as I have those charitable bylaws drafted, I'm going to publish them so everybody can see how this charitable entity is set up and structured and how it's going to work and operate. Uh, because again, I know there's been some history in the past, which I wasn't part of any of them, but those other trade associations, et cetera. I've set this one up, um, working with Chip, but I've set up all the legal documents and we're, uh, finalizing some language on the, uh, on the bylaws, but I'm going to post those for the world to see. Uh, the minutes, uh, that I have them done, uh, so that way there's no surprise and everybody can understand that, uh, we're truly using this to be a charitable organization to advocate for patients and businesses, uh, and have a political action committee on the state level. So a lot of great things are happening. Again, I've got to give a shout out and thanks before I get off here to Christina Vaughn, my partner in Viridian. Um, without her, none of this would be possible. So we're going to continue in this effort. Um, like I said, she's going to take over a lot of the litigation. I've spoken to some other lawyers that are going to take over some of the malpractice trials and stuff that I've got uh, against doctors. Uh, they're going to try those uh, because the doctor said, if I want to stay alive, I've got to cut out um, the biggest things that stress me. And those are the biggest things that stress me. So we're going to get rid of those so I can focus on working in this industry, working in this area and doing the things that I absolutely adore doing on a day to day basis and for which I think that I would be hard to replace, um, as I'm not that hard to replace in those litigation cases. There's lots of other good trial attorneys. And in fact, I ran into one Saturday and he's also said that he'd be willing to take over trying some of those cases. So, uh, the, for the most part, the other lawyers, as I try to get out of those cases and try to deal with those have been gracious. There's been a few, you know, jackasses, but that's to be expected. Um, and, uh, we're going to continue to work and I'll continue to keep you apprised of what's going on. Um, if you've got any questions, et cetera, somebody asked about pre-rolls. I just saw that. I think we can deal. I, I really think that other than delivery, well, even delivery could be, but other than the 90-day patient license, which is the temporary patient license, other than that one, I think there's broad flexibility to deal with everything else that 3228 covered through regulations. I don't think we need necessarily, it'd be nice to have statutes on them, but I think we can cover those through regulations um, and, and the 90 day patient license, we can't because the, the state law talks about the time limit on a, on a patient license. The OMA can't do something that's clearly against state law. Um, so that's going to be an issue. Delivery, again, that's going to be an issue with the governor's office. Clearly, one of his issues was not having a seed to sell tracking program. That's probably not going to be the case for another year. That one's going to be a hard one to get the governor to sign off on one. I'll tell you right now. Uh, but it's something that we're going to be working towards and working with the governor's office on so we can come to some kind of resolution to that issue between now and next year if we can. If not, come to a resolution for some law that's going to go into it that we can get past uh, next legislative session, which is in 2021. So um, fortunately, we're not like Texas where our legislature only meets every other 
year. We meet every year so we can get something accomplished on that um, next year. And it gives us time to work those issues out. So um, with that said, uh, you know, I love you all. I do this because I love you all. I enjoy what I'm doing. I love fighting for the patients. I love fighting for Oklahoma business owners, small and medium-sized businesses. I mean, some of my clients are getting bigger, so I don't know if I can say medium size anymore. Um, they're really growing. But I do enjoy this. That's why I'm doing this. That's why this is not that big of a stress for me because it's something that actually brings me joy every day um, getting to do this because I feel like I can truly see the results of the hard work. So um, with that, it's been a productive month, even though I've been kind of out of capacity or uh, and, and out of the office. Um, and we're going to keep working on that. As always, if you've got any questions or anything, uh, post, let me know, um, you know, oh, and I am going to mention this because I, I usually do and damn it, I'm going to toot my own damn horn one more time. But Christina and I have filed this lawsuit for the two-year business owners and for um, uh, the thousand foot people. Uh, we've named some of our clients that are dealing with these issues. We've got more that, that aren't named, um, but um, we filed this on their behalf um, and we did not ask a single client for a single penny for, you know, for attorney's fees for this issue, for this case. We're not getting paid a dime in attorney's fees for filing this lawsuit at all. Now, look, I did ask if we had to fight it in the state of Oklahoma, pay us if we win. But, damn it, I, you know, if we had to go that far, I'll have earned it. Well, I've earned it at that point. Um, and, hell, y'all paid all the money to the state to, you know, do this to us. So, I feel like getting some of that back in that case would be okay. But we're doing this absolutely free, and I want to point out that we filed this as a class action lawsuit on behalf of every single business owner that's impacted by both the two-year residency requirement and uh, by the uh, uh, the two-year residency requirement and the thousand-foot rule. We filed this as a class action, so we're uh, we're asking for this relief not just on behalf of our clients. We're asking this on behalf of everybody uh, that's in this industry. The same thing we did for the patient lawsuit. Um, it's on behalf of all patients or for all patients. So even though the, these people have not hired us or ever paid us a dime, or we don't work for them technically, we've filed this to try to get everybody protection. I forgot to mention the patient lawsuit. One of the things that Mike Hunter, Attorney General Mike Hunter, myself and John Eccles and whoever else is at that meeting will discuss is extending the injunction that we have on patient protections uh, from their information being released to OLETS, which is the Oklahoma Law Enforcement Telecommunication System. Um, all of that will be discussed at that meeting. I don't have any pushback on that issue at all. I don't think we're going to have any problem getting that continued as a permanent injunction um, so we can keep that patient information safe. So uh, that's a big plus as well. And uh, with that said, I thought I said I was going to be less than 30 minutes, and I, I didn't, and I've got some people waiting. So with that said, I'm going to go do this one more meeting, and then I'm going to go take a nap because I'm already tired. But uh, until I see you all again, stay safe out there and love you all.